Hello and welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, the Fanbyte weekly news show rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. Uh, I hope you're having a good holiday weekend. We've got a big show for you. I took half the week off, so the news cycle is a little incomplete. So hey, listen. If anything big got announced on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to cover it later. But I did, to make up for it, uh, have a really nice sit-down chat with uh, Giant Bomb alumnus Ben Pack. We talked about fighting games. We talked about Dota. We talked about Iron Chef. It was a really lovely conversation, and I hope you check it out. Uh, But before we get to that, we have to talk about this week's top stories. particularly think console war stuff is all that interesting for the most part we have two really large corporations that make a box that play video games and they're roughly the same sony of course has been focusing really heavily on its haptic feedback controller the dual sense and a hardware specific experience that delivers excellent loading times because of a really fancy hard drive Uh, And just delivering a a series of exclusives over the next couple of years that they think will set them apart from the competition. Xbox, for their part, has really been focusing on the Xbox Game Pass as a way to get folks access to their platform, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, And it's been an effective strategy so far. One of the interesting subplots of the console war right now, if there is one, is the race to sign exclusive partners and uh, acquisition partners uh, for each different platform. Uh, Xbox has been very loud in this regard in terms of signing game talent like Obsidian, like uh, Bethesda, of course. Uh, They've been really loud. They've really woven these massive studios into the fabric of most of their announcements and press conferences, uh, which is really interesting. Sony, for their part, has been a little more diverse in their uh, acquisition and partnership strategy. They, of course, took their subsidiary Funimation and invested in Crunchyroll, the kind of corner of the anime market. They've been a little quieter than Xbox on the game publishing and development side in terms of exclusive partners, but that may be changing this week. Uh, PlayStation Worldwide Studios announced that Returnal developer Housemark is part of the list of studios uh, that were once independent but now are basically first-party studios for Sony. Uh, their uh, Housemark's managing director, Ilari Kuitadin, uh, uh, took to the PS blog, as as many do when there's a big announcement, uh, to say, quote, Today is a big day for Housemark, and it has been over 26 years in the making. Our strong partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment started with Super Stardust HD on PS3, and since then we uh, made... We have made arcade-inspired games for all of the PlayStation platforms. With Returnal for PS5, our most recent release, our biggest foray into third-person action gaming, solidified our voice and brand in the industry as delivering unique uh, quality player experiences. Uh, Returnal is a really cool game. Uh, I I think it's a really interesting take on uh, roguelite games uh narratively it does some really interesting things um 
that I don't think a roguelike has done interestingly uh, since Hades. I know that was a pretty recent example as well, but I think it's a pretty cool game. Housemark seems like a good fit. Um, Returnal is a uh, PlayStation exclusive. It looks great, sounds great, uh, but it's designed with the controller in mind. Makes a lot of sense that they would do this. Uh, they uh, have periodically released PC games, but they have really, really stuck to PlayStation over the past few years. So it's not like a huge surprise. What was a surprise <laughs> this week, a little bit buried in the announcement, is that PlayStation Japan actually uploaded uh, the wrong image when they announced the acquisition this more uh, this week. Excuse me. Uh, and and uh, they actually uh, the image that they put up there said PlayStation Studios welcome to the family but with Blue Point Games up on the screen so uh, let's let's just <laughs> for a moment then assume that this was actually kind of a two in one one explicit and one a tacit announcement that Blue Point Games the folks that did the Demon Souls remaster for the PlayStation 5 as well as the HD collection uh, for Metal Gear Solid and the Shadow of the Colossus PS4 port uh, they sound like they will also be part of PlayStation Worldwide Studios as well of course that has not been announced but if that is the case then it is a pretty big two for one in terms of acquisitions that sony has made to maybe make some inroads and eat a little bit of microsoft's lunch as they've been a little bit louder in the acquisition space but of course we will report back when we know for sure if bluepoint is official 2021 has been a big year for both Mass Effect and studio shakeups. And at the intersection of those two things is Casey Hudson. Casey Hudson was a major Bioware exec and producer uh, for a long time. Uh, he actually has left the studio twice. He was with the studio for 14 years when he left the first time in 2014, came back after uh, not really making a whole lot of headway with some projects he wanted to do at Microsoft, uh, tried, tried to steer Bioware in a bit of a, a different direction, uh, handled a lot of the forward-facing stuff as general manager for their embattled game, Anthem, which is now been pretty much totally canceled um and you know that there have been some new dragon age and mass effect stuff happening in the studio uh casey hudson was the face and voice of a lot of those dragon age and mass effect updates to get fans kind of back in the door that might have left bioware after a series of some disappointments but Casey Hudson did leave the studio once again, and people were, of course, speculating at the time what he could possibly be up to. Uh, he did not join a huge existing studio, but this week announced the, uh, the formation of an independent studio called Humanoid Studios. Uh, Casey Hudson uh, announced this on his Twitter feed. Nothing has really been announced about you know what they're making, although he says on his Twitter account, uh, quote, today we are announcing a new independent video game company built to unleash the creative freedom of developers, bringing innovation and artistry to players through an all-new IP. Uh, there are some uh, positions open uh, on humanoidstudios.com. If you're a game developer, they have some stuff open. So you should probably just go check that out. Now, Casey Hudson uh, has been known to create some pretty unique RPGs in the space. Uh, who knows what Casey and uh, his crew will get up to, but it is certainly an interesting development for folks that really liked his work when he was at Bioware. 
One of our very favorite games at Fanbyte over the past few years is Remedies Control, the action-adventure game with slick style, incredible world-building, a uh, sense of real foreboding set in the same universe as Alan Wake. We really, really enjoy the game. In fact, you can listen to a wonderful spoiler cast we did uh, about that game uh, but like about a year and a half ago over on the Channel F feed on podcastnet.org. I think you should go do that anyway. Remedy is basically said, hey, let's pump the brakes and talking about a lot of control because this is a big, juicy world that's going to take us a while to revisit it. We have another thing coming, so we're going to set this aside. And for a while, we just assumed that this is how it was going to go. Uh, however, Remedy signed a contract with 505 Games to create a new game set in the Control universe, which is actually a four-player co-op shooter. Uh, the uh, the director for Control, Mikhail Kursirinen, uh, wrote in a blog post, quote, Control is first and foremost a world, a place for multitudes of stories, events, and characters, a place where unexpected, strange, and extraordinary things occur. We kicked it off with Jesse's entry into the oldest house, but there is more to this world, oh, so much more, end quote. Uh, the the project is called Project Condor. It's a multiplayer game, like I said. It's still a ways off. Uh, the gameplay of Control was actually not its strongest point, so it'll be interesting to see how this team uh, uh, evolves the gameplay into something that actually might be even more fun to revisit when the next big single-player Control game comes out. As for that thing, the thing that they kind of said that we're going to set aside a big single player foray back in the Control universe, uh, Kersirinen, uh actually confirmed that a concept that uh, he described as, quote, a bigger budget control game is also starting to take shape, which should be really good news. If it's starting to take shape now, it's probably going to come out during this console cycle. So yeah, let's go back to that world. It was uh, it was super good, and uh, we definitely can't wait for it here. One of the big value propositions that Phil Spencer has been harping on since the beginning of this console generation has been opening up Xbox gaming to basically everyone, uh, regardless of if you own an Xbox piece of hardware or not. Phil Spencer wants folks to be able to play Xbox games on PCs, on mobile devices, and everywhere in between. And they were going to do this with xCloud. xCloud has now since been renamed as Xbox Cloud. And the rollout this week to Windows 10 and iOS devices means that they've circumvented a lot of the difficulties that they've faced getting this platform up and running. And we've actually taken it for a spin on browser uh, as well as our iOS devices. Uh, and you can do so as well if you go to xbox.com slash play. Uh, you can do this uh, in countries that support the service, which is Austria, Belgium, Canada, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Hungary, Ireland, Italy, Korea, Netherlands, Norway, po- uh, Poland, Portugal, Slovakia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, the UK, and of course, the United States. Uh, this this service is actually remarkably easy to use. When we uh, took it for a, an extensive test drive uh, this past week, we uh, Nikki played uh, over on our Twitch channel, uh, Forza Horizon 4 on the service itself on stream. Uh, there were some minor latency issues. I have to be completely honest about that with these cloud services. I still have not seen a service that has not had some sort of latency issue. So with a game like Forza with like first person shooters, I think that's going to be really noticeable, even if it's very small, relatively speaking. 
But for things that are maybe more turn-based or less reliant on these kind of Twitch movements, uh, I was really impressed by the service, actually. In fact, I've taken it for a spin privately a few times since we did the stream, and I've been really, really impressed. Uh, it is a uh, some, some details that Microsoft has confirmed. Uh, the hardware that Xbox Cloud is using on their servers is basically a Series X console capping out at 1080p and 60 FPS, uh, which looks and feels pretty good, all things considered. So uh, if you want to check out kind of the next evolution of uh, Phil Spencer's big vision for how folks are going to play Xbox games, you can do so right now. It's pretty impressive, I have to say. You may know my guest this week as an alumnus from Giant Bomb or just being a, a funny person online that uh, people like a lot, including myself. Uh, it's Ben Pack. Hi, Ben. Hi. Hey. How's it going? Uh, good. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, thanks for having thanks me. For, thanks for setting up Audacity for us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I felt so out of shape adjusting my life. Like, oh, I'm coming. I'm not even hitting like half a debt. Like, oh yeah. No, it's good. Free it's people. like uh, you're you're free. Like you're free. It's like riding a bike, though. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're right back on it. Of course. Um, I didn't have a backup set up. I didn't have time is open. I was like <laughs> all over the place. But once once I got a little gentle reminder, yeah, you, I was back in. You've got it's also it. been a chaotic morning, but we don't have to talk about that. What's <laughs> up? How, how I are mean, you doing? Listen, here's here's what I'll say. I'll tell you. I'll, I, we don't have to go into yours at all. But I do have a garage door story for you that I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, please. Do you, on your garage door, do you have a thing that hangs down from the the ceiling that's connected to no, the No, okay. we don't have the dangle. Okay, so we have a dangle. We moved into this house yeah. in October. And uh, like a month and a half ago, uh, my wife and I are leaving to go somewhere. And uh, I have a sliding door. I have a minivan because that's the only way I can get a wheelchair into a car is minivan. So it's got those right. sliding doors. I I close the sliding door. The garage door is open. It's time to back out. And as I'm backing out, the garage door is closing as I'm moving. And I have completely wrenched the garage door in half on our way out. Oh, no. Somewhere. And what happened is that that chain got stuck inside the sliding door, which I didn't see. Oh. And so as I'm leaving, it's being ripped open like a can opener. That's that's a low-hanging dangler. It's a low-hanging dangler. So, but, <laughs> but parting the curtain on our little household is that, like, uh, my wife and I are both coming in at, like, a, a marginal five-foot-two. So, like, oh, so like sure. we've got to be – we've got to have the low-hanging danglers, but not that low. I mean, we were – I mean, I just can't right. believe I wrenched it open. Um, yeah. Damn. It's fucked up. Out in the door. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got my hand caught in a minivan door once. Oh, God. While I was in the van. No! Uh, <laughs> yeah. That sounds terrible. Um, and we so we just started driving to the hospital in case we couldn't get it open. <laughs> but my mom, like, pried it open. We were at the river. <laughs> wow. Just, like, coming home from the river. And mom, and and mom pried it open. That's some, like, mom strength, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I she went Hulk mode on the car door. <laughs> she went Hulk ultimate destruction. That's amazing. That's so incredible. Um, one of the things that like you mentioned to me when we were first setting up this interview is that you've been watching a lot of Iron Chef. Um, yes, I really want to talk about Iron Chef because I I don't think oh. I don't I haven't talked to anyone about Iron Chef in a really long time, even though it's something that I've watched a lot of. Like. Did yeah. you when did you first encounter this? Because I I watched it when it was on the Food Network back in the day. Totally. Um, yeah, as a as a, like a middle schooler, I would I loved the Food Network. It was yeah, probably same. my like third most watched network. Yeah, time. same. Like, cartoon and Disney, I guess. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would catch it there when it was on. Um it was on a lot cuz they only had like Iron Chef, Emerald, yeah, um, their their live their show. library was pretty small. Yeah, and so yeah. we just repeat a lot, which was fine with that me. Was before like Giada De Laurentiis, right. and Before you know the Barefoot Contessa and Guy Fieri, of course. Yeah, <laughs> Guy Fieri. Well, Guy Fieri won. Let Let's never forget his origin story. Guy Fieri won the first ever Food Network like Food Network American star Idol version. Right. Of, yeah, exactly. Food Network star. Yeah. Which is wild. What, um, what an origin well, story. Well, actually, I mean, I don't want to get too far into a tangent here, but no, it's right. Fieri, uh is where we went to get our prom dinner. Oh. Um, his restaurant, Tex Wasabi, <laughs> Mexican, Tex-Mex style sushi um, in downtown Santa Rosa. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that, it was really nice. Did that, it was a really great night. Yeah, I was about to say, did that kind of set the tone <laughs> for the evening? That sounds pretty good. It was very fun. Yeah. You know, he had like deep fried rolls of course. and like stuff covered in ranch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so do- side of don- like side of donkey su- sauce with with your sushi. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, you got a dunk. You know, you think dipping soy uh sushi in soy sauce is bad, you know. <laughs> dipping it in donkey sauce is like a cardinal sin. That's amazing. Um Iron Chef rules. Yeah, I watched it as a kid. I loved when they made ice cream out of weird stuff. Yeah. Or weird to me, you know, like fish ice cream and and stuff like that. Yeah. There's Um, always a moment where the commentator's like, okay, they've got the ice cream machine out, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Ota calls from the floor. mm -hmm. Uh, But I've just been really finding a new appreciation for it as an adult. Mm -hmm. I think it, like, really holds up. I think there's a lot of – it's really easy to go back – and say, let's revisit this thing from, like, let's say the mid-90s to the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And you get there and you're like, yeah, there's good shit here, but, like, Uh-oh. oh, boy. Right. Right. Um, but Iron Chef just is fun. It's got lore. It's like WWE for cooking. <laughs> um All the Iron Chefs have, like, really distinct personalities. And when they, like when the reporter calls from the floor, he like has a different voice for each of them. We, my partner and I have watched like a hundred episodes of Iron Chef this year. We watch like one before we go to bed every night almost. That's great. Um, It's a good night show. Like I think that that's the thing for me is that as there's a Twitch channel, by the way, that just has it going 24 seven, which is great. Um, There's also a couple of YouTube playlists that you can check out at home. Uh, But like, that that's been a thing that I've kind of revisited is like I have kind of night shows, night you know shows yeah. that lull me. Like I'm interested in the content, but they also kind of just talk me to sleep. Um, right. 
And I mean, some people do that with podcasts. Sure. People do that with Twitch streamers. I think that's very yeah. normal to have like a nice little blanket show. Yeah. And I think this is a really nice blanket show. And I think a lot of it, I, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of it can really be attributed to uh, the dub voices are like yes. so pleasant and it's so yes. strange to me. I don't know what, I don't know. There's some magic to that for me. And, and I don't know if there's magic to that show for you, but it's a little bit like that. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a big part of it is like they got people. So the, the voice of the floor reporter is like the guy who does the dub for Goemon in the mystical ninja games. <laughs> incredible. And like, other people are voice actors. The they got the original guy who like does most of the calling was a baseball commentator mm-hmm. in Japan, and they replaced him with a English Japanese baseball commentator. He would like call Japanese games in English, mm. so he knew he was bilingual in Japanese and English, and so they got him. And they're like, he does a lot of like baseball metaphors. Can you just like do that? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really good article with the guy. His name is Bill Bickard. He did an interview with, um, I forget the publication, but he talks about like spending hours and hours just working on the script and like punching up the original commentary and stuff. It's that's so good. It's amazing. Yeah, it's they they treated it with a lot of respect. Yeah, I think like it could have been cheesy. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, there's a way cheesy like a Nickelodeon version of Iron Chef that exists, and you're like. Oh, it was sweet, but like I don't know. I watched three episodes of it and was like, "Oh, it was a stupid kid." Back yeah. Then. Well, I th- I think like uh, and and also to that point, you know, uh, when the Food Network, I guess either I don't know, I, I don't know what their decision making was. I guess to make new shows that they could sell advertising specifically for that show, but they made right. Iron Chef America, which like mm. I knew in my bones would not be as good. But I didn't quite bargain for them learning the wrong lesson from like every like ev- at every turn yes. in that show. Yes. Well, they tried. Did you watch the, the very UPN first ones? Oh, one with William Shatner as Chairman Kaga. I did. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> the for those who haven't seen it, the whole thing's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, they only did one two-part episode and William Shatner has like a two minute long monologue at the beginning of it (laughs) that is incredible he has just turned it up to 11 (laughs) yeah it's really amazing like they have Iron Chef American and Iron Chef Italian and Iron Chef Asia yeah Uh Asia yeah (laughs) the the, the large blanket of Asia condensed (laughs) to one person yep Uh uh-huh yeah Um, it's rough so they yeah they just did a much more like sanitized version i think you know i watched i've watched a few episodes of it in the last year and it's i mean it's cool to see like morimoto cook he's one of the yeah you know iron chef Chef japanese turn sure yeah iron chef american um but i don't know we're the episode we recently watched because, you know, we're almost out of episodes. Mm. We were like, I was lucky enough to have a friend just have, like, a library of, a small library of DVDs of it. And, like, burned it to a hard Hell drive. yeah. 
And it's been like past, like, I I didn't even get it from him. I think I got it from like a friend of a friend. It's just one of those like things that moves around. That's amazing. Yeah, that's like that's uh, like tape trading for wrestling back in like the 90s, I feel like. Yeah, yeah totally. Amazing. So it's like missing episodes and stuff too. Because we'll like look up, there'll be like a chef, you know, because so, well, so it's sorted by ingredient type. Yeah, right. right. So we're just like, oh, what lo- what looks good tonight? Yeah. What do we want? What do we want to snack on tonight? Right. Do we want tuna roe or do we want do we want oxtail? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Do we want uh, potato three or potato four? <laughs> yeah. 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 God, that's a good show. It's a really good show. I it's think. A good show. I think if you've yeah. never watched it, folks, and you and you like, I I don't think it's a one to one, but it's like I think if you like the vibe. Of things like Great British Baking Show and like things like that, it's yeah. like I think you should give this a shot. Um, it's a food contest where there's not; it's not like the winner gets a million dollars and opens the restaurant of their dreams. Sure. And yeah, it's honor. It's just like for honor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is really great. Uh, a question that I always ask anyone that watches uh, the OG show: um, Have yeah. you ever taken a big bite out of a raw bell pepper? I have. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Because I think that's like, when, it's just one of those things that I feel like anyone that's watched a lot of Chairman Kaga, I'm like, I guess I'm just, yeah. I just, I just, I guess I just need to do this at some point. It wasn't even like that conscious of a thing where I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go out and buy a bell pepper and take a bite. I just like had been eating a lot of bell peppers, you know, making a lot of like stir uh-huh, fries sure. and stuff. And so I had a lot of them around the house and I just picked up a big old yellow one and I looked at it <laughs> and I was just like, oh yeah. It's time. <laughs> took, a, took a big old bite. It's time. And then like, it was like, oh, the skin's kind of real gross. Yeah. It's not a great, it's not great. <laughs> I think it's I think once I did that, I was like, wow, I'm even more confused about why he did this now. It's strange. <laughs> did you know he played Jesus Christ in the Japanese production of Jesus Christ Superstar? I did not know that. Yeah. That's incredible. I would kill for that I would footage. kill for that footage. <laughs> yeah, I would too. That's incredible. No, I didn't know that. Um, I, well, yeah. I do love... I, I I think the American version of the show, especially one that's like now on Food Network or, or was at least for a while, um, is not very good. But I do I do mm. think it is inspired to have yeah. Mark DeCascos as the chairman who is uh, – <laughs> folks may know him as Jimmy from the Double Dragon film. Um, I use film very seriously. It is a film. Um, uh, also, Isn't he the bad guy in a Jet Li he, movie? He is a bad guy in a Jet Li movie. He is he's the <laughs> he is the final fight in John Wick three. Um, oh really? Yeah, that's the only one I haven't seen. Yeah, so there's a really well, there's a it. really dope fight in this like mirrored room, um, which is a big callback to like Bruce Lee films. Uh, oh, with, yeah. between between Keanu Reeves and Mark Dacascos. Uh and uh, he's also in Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is I think a really cool movie. Um, but yeah, it's just so weird to see this actor, this martial artist, just be like <laughs> quote unquote the chairman's nephew or whatever. It's like uh, it's so good that they just like kept that fiction going, even though the rest of the right. show kind of sucks. You're like, I don't believe this. This could be the nephew of the chairman. And then he does a backflip. Yeah, I'm like, like well, well, that's pretty cool. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. The chairman could just eat a bell pepper with its great face. Why can't his nephew do backflips and shit? Yeah. Um, I swear the last piece of obscure Iron Chef knowledge that I want to drop just because you mentioned the lore of it. Is yeah. That when they tried to 
reboot it in Japan, the theme, opening theme, had the new chairman standing over a funeral for the old oh chairman. Oh my Kaga. god. He's alive. Like the actor's yeah, alive. Actor is alive but canonically, still. Chairman Kaga died. <laughs> they just wrote him out of the show. They're like, see ya. You're never coming back. Wow, that's weird. That's amazing. Um so let's let's switch gears for a sec because I I sure. I don't want to get like too serious. You've been on the record about a bunch of this shit, so I'm not going to retrace our steps I'm on here. The record, yeah, you're on the record. Uh, you left Giant Bomb about six months ago. the The landscape yeah. has changed like very significantly. Like even since we last talked about you coming on the show, <laughs> the landscape is like very bizarre with games media. I just we just had E3. Do you miss anything yeah. about covering games media stuff? I miss the people, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I miss everyone I worked with, everyone I got to meet. Um, you know, Giant Bomb always had a pretty nice uh, series of night shows. Yes. Um, yeah. The kind of like leading into the weekend uh, after the press conferences. Yeah. And we had a lot of industry people, and it was always really cool of just like who would show up there. Yeah. Um, I've met, you know, fanbite people there. I met yeah. like tons of people from Polygon and IGN and stuff that I never knew. I got to meet like Ed Boone. Yeah. I talked like talk with Ed Boone for 20 minutes. And so that was really fun, you know? Yeah. Like I definitely miss seeing the games. Uh, but I also don't, I'm kind of organically finding my way back into games. Interesting. Um, talk about that for a second. Month. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the last month has been I, I've been I've been super busy since Giant Bomb. Yeah. Just with like personal stuff. Sure. Um career stuff. And so I was not plugged in at all. I honestly didn't even know it was E3 when E3 was happening. Yeah. Because I was like still just coming out of it. Um until I like just logged on Twitter. <laughs> and I happened to log on Twitter and see everyone talking about my E3 on my feed, which was my favorite shit to do before I worked at Giant Ball. Sure. Um, but then I had to work it, which was fun and different. But anyways, so like everyone's talking about E3. I'm like, yeah, man, there's some games out. I just haven't been paying attention. I haven't played anything really that's come out this year except Guilty Gear. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Guilty know, Gear. Really, I, do you like, do you like oh. Strive? I do. Yeah. I really am having the best time I've had with a Guilty Gear yet. That's um, great. I mean, have you have you yeah. found it to be more pick up and play and inaccessible like some folks have said? It is. I can't speak to like a brand new player's right. experience. I've played let's say two Guilty Gears semi-serious. Uh-huh. All right. That's like where I'm at with the franchise. Ben Pack is going fighters. to Evo. You heard it here. <laughs> I, I have not played an anime fighter at Evo. Yeah. I have, I, you know, I, I got out of pool. I got out of pools once at Evo. Hell yeah. What uh, for? Day one pools, street fighter four. Amazing. Um, I had a really easy pool. I had a really That's easy incredible. pool. incredible. It was really fun. That's great. Um, Anyways, yeah, Guilty Gear Strive rules. It's it's e- parts of it are easier for me to understand as like a bad semi-serious player mm. or like a decent semi-serious player, mm-hmm. like kind of in the middle. People who have touched a Guilty Gear, people who aren't like I pick uh, when I play a fighting game, I try to 
at least put like, you know, a good 20 to 40 hours in it, like really explore the systems, explore the characters before I decide if it's like something I really want to play or something that like is just kind of cool or neat. Like I did with the um, Grand Blue game. Right. I was just like, oh, this is really cool. And then I never touched it again <laughs> after like doing a video for it. Well, that's like I, that seems like the way to, with like fighting games a lot. I think a lot of people do this loop, and I'm certainly guilty of it too. Where I see a fighting game, I think fighting games just oh, look shit. fucking cool. Is that what the Guilty Gear is? Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just said guilty, and you were talking oh about this rotation. God. And I think Daisuke is onto something. It's like that a meta narrative of like <laughs> it's breaking the fourth wall. Like we know how you consume this shit. <laughs> wow you kind of blew my mind just now um but it's like i think that is the, i think that's the rotation i like i see yeah, fighting games sure. people will you know i follow a lot of people who are plugged into the to the f fgc and um and they post amazing videos they post these amazing techniques and like i did this with mortal kombat 11 i did this with uh um with with street fighter 5 i did this with like a few games i also did it with virtual fighter 5 ultimate showdown or whatever the oh. and and I, I there's always a period where i go i'm gonna get really good at this and then i pick it up <laughs> yeah. and then i go ah oh, wow i'm really fucking bad uh and i just don't stick with it so yeah i don't know i i, I would I love to have something i stick with at some point <laughs> yeah uh, but I think what you're describing is a very important moment in a fighting game, mm. in evaluating a fighting game. I think the moment, that moment, right, is either, okay, I think it's like step one, I think I'm godlike. Uh-huh. And that happens with almost every fighting game. Yeah. You pick it up, you play against the computer, you're like, okay, I'm godlike. <laughs> step two is like you start to get a little semi-serious and you're like, oh, I'm not actually, like, oh, I actually just wanted to play the story mode, whatever. And then step three is... Oh, God, I'm trash. Right. And a good fighting game, you're going to say, oh, God, I'm trash. Like, how do I get better? Mm. I'm willing to put the time in. Like, oh, I want to be godlike. Mm. Like, I've seen my friends do the combos or like, oh, like it happened to me with Strive where I play Potemkin mainly. Yeah. And I'm having a great time with him. And I got blown up by an Anji player Mm -hmm. who's like the new guy with the fans. And he's very kind of parry focused. And he just danced around all my attacks and just decimated me slowly. Death by a thousand cuts. Like just broke me apart. And I immediately went to training mode and like started practicing that character. Because like seeing that that is possible in this game if i put in the work is like what a good fighting game is all about mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah i i think i i think you're right and i think when when the game is good at giving you the tools and and that could be in the form of like a good tutorial or just kind of like a mm-hmm. uh a, basically a sense of hey this is kind of the gap you need to close and it's not that far like if right. a, if a game is simple enough that it can kind of show me what that gap is and i can kind of conceptualize it then it's more likely that i can probably dip back in and try it but like i feel like a lot of fighting games just don't do that um yeah it's hard there's there's a lot of ways that can fall apart yeah it can fall apart in matchmaking it can fall apart in like your tutorial only being very basic mm-hmm. and not actually teaching concepts, maybe teaching combos, but not like concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that is frustrating about Strive is that unlike pretty much every modern fighting game, it does not currently have a 
set of like let's say 10 character specific combos leading from like a basic hit confirm to like a max damage corner combo Mm -hmm. um it is implementing a system soon they've said (laughs) that will have user submitted ones which i think is an incredible idea i wish it launched with that yeah um that gets around the problem of stuff getting patched and changed, right? Like that organically creates a way that new combos are going to rise to the top if like a character can no longer do stuff rather than having Arxis have to go back and patch like the actual combo tutorial. Like, yeah. I think uh, Street Fighter eventually had enough changes where they just like have a had a pop-up that's and, like these don't these aren't real anymore. <laughs> These aren't real combos anymore. Don't do these. Don't do these. You'll get blown up. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Can't no. do it. Um, yeah, that's really funny. Um, you you tweeted something recently about the best uh, uh, matchup in a fighting game is a grappler versus yeah. a grappler. Defend yourself. It just is like they're always right in each other's face. Sure. You're just like so scared because you know like one – well, so the the grappler versus any one matchup is grappler needs three good reads or punishes, mm-hmm. right? Like it needs th- to get in three times and you're dead. And the other player has to just like whittle down or overwhelm the grappler and just like run them out of life before they get uh grappled. <laughs> right. <laughs> grappler versus grappler is Oh, they're not going to try, you know, not everyone plays the matchup the same. Yeah. Some people play a very footsie-based matchup that is just sends out a lot of counter pokes and plays super safe. Like Fab, the best Potemkin player in Guilty Gear, um, like top eight Japan, uh, is a very defensive player. And he just like slowly pushes you into the corner. But doing that, even doing that against another Potemkin is like, you have to move something into a corner that at any moment can like just grab you and do a third of your head. Yeah. So yeah. it's very entertaining. It has wild swings. Um, super armor is fun because it's just like this huge full screen like Potemkin's towards heavy slashes. He just like sticks both fists out and it almost <laughs> reaches the entire screen. But if another Potemkin is charging, he just waltzes right through it. And so it's just this huge two trains trying to like grab each other. The the unstoppable force and the immovable object, things like that. Exactly. It's fun, yeah. Exactly. I agree with you. I mean, well, I I I yeah, I think I think I agree with you because there is such an interesting use of like space when you have two grapplers. Um yeah. Yeah, that is really fun to watch. It's there's I, that had me like I tweeted that kind of without really thinking sure, of course. that's how I do most of my tweets. Uh, yeah, same. Um, Big same. It's how you should do all your tweets. I, yeah. Actually, like <laughs> PSA you should never think about your tweets, you should just tweet your tweets. Agreed. Um uh there's not like a lot of other distinct archetype matchups like you know somebody mentioned ryu versus ryu which i think is also very good sure um but like you know there's charge character versus charge character which is just abysmal that's abysmal yeah (laughs) it's two people throwing sonic moves at each other over and over again nightmare yeah um but like you know there's not a lot of like what is like okay like name another 
fight, fighting game characters have kind of like broken out of those archetypes in a large yeah. way. Like it's you know, there's like rushdown characters and stuff like that, but there's zoning characters, mm-hmm. like but all that stuff just you know, it boils down to I wanna see two guys that take up the entire screen try to Hell put their yeah. hands on each Hell other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give give me the most 1987 WWE kind of like setup that you can you could do. Put just two big dudes in front of me. I want to see what happens. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um. Uh. One of the I'd, so I when I mentioned to folks that I was going to talk to you internally, uh, I, I got a lot of questions and and you know so a lot of them are kind of old hat. We don't have to go over, but the one I got the most was actually just, uh, uh are you playing Dota again? <laughs> No, yes. <laughs> that's legitimately, yes, legitimately the most frequent question I got. Was just like, is Ben Pack like doing it again? And I was like, the oh my god, pass just dropped, baby. <laughs> Ooh, you can get a level five hundred unlock that shows you Dragon Knight's ass. <laughs> yeah, His pixelated ass. That's... for five hundred battle pass levels. Thank you, Gabe. I don't know. Thank you, Gabe. I will pay you four hundred and thirty-three dollars or whatever it is <laughs> to see that JPEG. I, 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 the most I have to tell you, the most I know about Dota is, is one Stephen Strom telling me everything there is to know about Dota uh, in a car ride from, um, from, 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 so, so from an office in, in 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 Santa Monica to the LA Convention Center over E3 like two years ago. I just oh I, God, I, so I looked at I looked at Stephen dead in the eye as we were stuck in traffic, and I was just like, I don't know anything about Dota. I, I know you've played like a million hours of Dota. Explain it to me now. Do I remember anything they said? No, I I really don't. Anything? Come on, ah, not There's really. Be like one thing that stuck with you. Um. Uh, th- that they that they played it so much they thought they were sick. I mean, that's like that's like <laughs> that's like that's like you know that's like the thing I remember the most. Really, is just yeah, hearing hearing well, Steven's descent into madness and having to pry themselves away from it. I was like, okay, well that's that's, that's the takeaway. Baby. <laughs> that's Dota two right there. <laughs> it is the game. It is the it is. There is an argument to be made that Dota 2 is the greatest video game of all time. Mm. I don't think I would make it. Okay. But I would hear somebody make that argument, and I would nod along every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, I you know, when you play a lot of it, when you're, like, really playing a lot of Dota, yeah. you start to look at the map in different ways where like it's so it's the same map every time you're just either in the top right yep. or bottom left yep. um but it's the same map and you're just running around and you're like you have deja vu you're like i was here a couple hours ago in this scenario <laughs> where i was going to like gank this guy but then you have to like snap out of it because you're like but there's so much that's different, right? I'm a different level. I'm a different character. There's a different mid. Like it gets, it's for such a, like for such a confined space, mm-hmm. the, the Dota 2 map, I have had a trillion different interactions between my hero and the enemies. Wow. Hero, or like my, my team, like no doubt because abilities are constantly changing. New heroes are getting added sure. all the time. Like it is, and it's still fun. Like I'm still enjoy the highs of a dota high like i'm not playing ranked at all 
I'm just playing turbos, which are cool. You can kick out a turbo in like 20 minutes. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's so huge. You, yeah. Yeah. You play like three turbos and you're like, cool. That was only an hour of my time. Right. I can go do something else. You know, I can like, I played three Dota games and I've only wasted an hour. It's versus like sometimes you have a 75 minute game Ugh. against a techies player right. and you know you're gonna lose but you just, <laughs> you just, you just stick it out going you keep pushing that rock up that hill yeah god i mean i, I the the way folks talk about dota i mean i just I, I i my brain i feel like my brain doesn't work for for mobas it's it's been an attempt i've made but uh, for some reason i'm scared of dota like I, I've yeah. watched. We have a, we have an engineer at work who uh, used to do a lot of our, our like data mining stuff, like for games and stuff, to like give us some information and stuff. And I would look over at his monitors and stuff, and he got into Dota, and I kind of saw his descent into it too. Not like I, I'm acting like he's some sort of like junkie that we had to like pry away from <laughs> it, but it's like, but it's like I saw him start to think about this game in a way that he didn't think about other games and it's just um yeah it is astonishing to me the way that that folks get into this game and just lose hours and hours and hours and hours and days and days of of time on it and i think there is something scary again but also super fascinating about just design um yeah and i think a big part of it is your dota group yeah. It, like my Dota group is a very tight friend group. Sure. Be- and it's people, it's all, I'm just like thinking and making sure of this. It's nobody I've met in real life. Sure. I sometimes play with people I know from real life. Yeah. And like, you know, you don't have like a, a set four other people that you always play with. Like there's a rotation yeah. of people. And, but like you play enough Dota with somebody, like <laughs> it's not. Hmm. I don't want to say it's like going to war because it's not because it's not. Even that's close. okay. Well, uh, Paul, like, can you go ahead and pull that drop quote out and make sure that uh, that's like what we're running with is that Dota is just exactly like war. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's a shared, incredibly hyper minor trauma. Sure. Of, of like yeah. losing, throwing a game sure. and like, Everyone is pissed at you, but you're, no one's going to say anything. Right. And you're just like, fuck, I just wasted it like an hour of everyone's time. Like if it's a high state, we don't, that's another nice thing about Turbo is there's no MMR. Yeah. It's like, you're not grinding for anything. Um, the matchmaking's all right for it. Sometimes, sometimes we're waiting like 30 minutes for a queue. Um, if we're playing with like my really good like top 500 friends yeah right like it just doesn't know what to do with somebody that good and then somebody that average um oh my god i want uh the most embarrassing thing that ever happened with me in Dota, oh yes please tell me um was it was like a year ago <laughs> and i had been playing a lot and I was talking to my partner and I like offhandedly, I'm, I was trying, I'm, I'm stalling because I was trying to remember the context, but all I remember was like offhandedly mentioning how I'm like not a great, like I'm a very adequate Dota player. Like I've always kind of been right in the middle. Sure. Um, and my partner was just like kind of visibly confused and was just, they, they said like, 
I just assumed you were like really good for how much you played. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, I understand why you think that, but. You must be the I best player in the days. world, right? <laughs> right? Otherwise, why would you? Why would you spend so much time? Uh, yeah, no, I, I get that. That is but, that is embarrassing, yeah. but I get it. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. It's just, it's just, that's amazing. That's really good. It's, um, you know, TI is coming up. It's really fun to watch. That's how I got hooked back in is in kind of in the period where I was like coming out of being super busy. I would watch a little bit of Twitch because I didn't want to like fully go back to video games or anything. Yeah. I started watching a bit the last like major tournament before the international. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it got me like curious and I started watching my friends' games and then all of a sudden I was playing a couple of turbos here. There, and there you go. You're getting right back in. Um another game I know you play is uh Overwatch. Um and Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, th- that that team's been busy implementing cross play. Obviously the folks doing two uh have some interesting stuff going on. I wanna Ooh. I wanna ask you about two, but first I guess I just kinda wanna <laughs> ask you about like, what's the state of this game that I have not – I have not darkened the doors of an Overwatch match in about 18 months. Um, is, okay. is there a reason I should go back? Mm, I, I mean, Overwatch is pretty fun. It's a good game. I go back it's good. every once in a while sure. is how I do it. Yeah. I'll, like, play for three months and then not play for a year and then play for two months and then not play for six months. Right. And, um. I feel I the know. I feel the itch like I you know so, the Blizzard client will open when I start the computer and I'm like oh, okay maybe <laughs> I should mm, you know but I don't um, yeah it's fun because like it's it's what's fun what has been fun for me the most recent time I played Overwatch every time I come back I like see if there's something I can latch on to the the last time I got really invested was when the character Wrecking Ball got released. Because the, the big hamster, yeah, did you ever of course. play with that hero? Uh, that was yeah. that was like the last time I played. Is that that uh, the hamster got launched, and I was like, okay, well, I got to play as a fucking hamster, and then uh, yeah, and then and then and I kind of dropped off. But yeah, he has an incredible grappling hook. Yeah, just an A class grappling hook. It works. It has great momentum. It has that. Kind of like you can do a soft touch, you can do a really fast launch, yeah. and he gets rewarded because when he hits a certain speed, he does damage, right? Yeah. And so it's all, it's really just playing a, a different game at that point. But I really latched onto that character and played a lot. This most recent time, it's been fun. And I had been mostly a tank player. Like I liked Winston a lot. Yeah. Like I liked tanks that could kind of like jump in, make some space, cause a distraction, free, you know. Um, I have been playing DPS and just like trying to learn a new class. Um, it's a it's a thing that like I was talking about this with my friend who's a melee player. Um, we played melee for the first time, Super Smash Brothers melee for the first time in probably a year, um, just last weekend. Yeah, and we were both a lot better than we remembered ourselves and each other being when we were talking about it. Um. And we were talking about how just, like, we hadn't been practicing. Well, my friend played a little bit, but I hadn't touched the game at all. Um, <laughs> but we have been talking about the other competitive games we've been playing. And even though there's not a one-to-one, just, like, like learning how to control space in a fighting game 
can translate to like how you play Tracer in Overwatch. Sure. Like where you're standing versus where the enemy... Like it, it's an obvious thing for like good players who naturally pick up on right. stuff like this. Yeah. Like really good Overwatch players were born to play Overwatch. They like yes. connect to the systems on a level that no one else will be able to. Um, but for like mediocre players of competitive games, just like having those revelations in other games is totally a thing that I think you only start to realize when you play really disparate games. Yeah. But also even like playing Apex made me better at shooting. Yeah. And I go back to Overwatch and I'm like a little better at shooting sure. because you don't have to be good at shooting in Apex, but in Overwatch you can play some characters like May or whatever where you're like, ah, I'm just spraying my gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Apex has, that's interesting. I think Apex has done a lot for appreciating other games in the space. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I can't quite grasp what that says about that team or, or that, or that game specifically that it's making me appreciate other games more, but that's not the only time that's done that, uh, which is, which is interesting. Um, I think respawn, I mean, at least Titanfall two made me feel the same way about like single player campaigns. I think insanely good at doing that core thing, making the shooting good, making the moving good, you know, just like, yeah, like, the characters, the lore, I'm not going to really remember any Apex characters. I sure. think, like, they, they do some interesting stuff for the people who are plugged into that. Yeah. Like, they have events that seem cool. I liked, I liked the, the, like, thematic map changes yeah. that, like, they do. And, oh, I know uh, Fortnite has done. Um, and that's cool. But, like, they're just so good at making a game where you move around and shoot a guy. Yeah. Like it's, it's that first person movement. It's the gunplay. Like uh, when I, yeah. when I played Titanfall two and then now apex, I, I, I feel the same way about first person movement and shooting with that kind of feel yeah. as I do with like, uh, Mario 3d platforming. I'm like, yes. I'm like, if you don't feel like this, when I play your 3d platformer, I don't know why I would play it. Uh, like if you if you don't feel give me the kind of rush of movement like this stuff is like you can replicate this i'm not saying it's not difficult but it's like right this they got it they got it in one like just learn from the best script from the best um because i yeah i think it's um, it's interesting i think that's totally right and i think you know strangely i think a big part of it that I shouldn't say strangely because there's whole teams that work on the shit, but like weapon <laughs> sound yeah, and like adding to the immersion yeah. through this, just like it helps you feel like you're running around and shooting a like yes. laser gun, a super or, you know, powerful kind of foreign feeling gun. Right. Yeah. The like big pistol with the huge knockback yeah. and just the like thud that comes out when you, um, yeah pull the trigger and i think like you see that in other games like call of duty just had a really big um update to their sound i know overwatch 2 made a big deal about me that one's weird to me yeah i don't come to overwatch to feel like i'm soldier 76 sure. <laughs> right rifle. yeah yeah i guess some people do. i guess some people I, do but that's not the vibe i got from the average player yeah no um I mean, speaking of tanks, uh, oh, they're, yeah. they're taking they're taking one away for Overwatch they're too. Taking one away. I watch. Um, so I I watched that stream. Yeah, and I was like, that's weird. That seems like it sucks. I 
don't know. <laughs> but I'm already majorly suspect of Overwatch 2. Oh, um, I mean, join, join the queue. Yeah, I mean, I, right? I, it seems like a, a an embattled team, I would say that. Yes. Yeah. I, I will, of course, reserve judgment until the final product is released. Right. But I feel like just them not really... You couldn't... You can't explain what Overwatch 2 is in one sentence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because it is a new game. Uh-huh. But it right. <laughs> also play, it takes your Overwatch 1 stuff. So that's cool. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Keep buying stuff in Overwatch 1. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But also it's co-op focused. <laughs> and there's still going to be a competitive mode. But we're really going hard on like single player uh, or like team, you know, they're like really going hard on having like a skill tree for heroes. Yeah. And like you're going to be able to charge twice as Reinhardt, which I don't know. That's not that's not what I come to Overwatch for. Sure. I don't know why I come to Overwatch in the first place. So who knows? Maybe they know better than I do. And maybe they know why one tank is better than two tanks. Yeah. But 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 I think that is at the central core of like why I think a lot of folks are kind of skeptical or weirded out by Overwatch 2 is that I think you really nailed it. It's like I don't think I don't think they have a firm grasp of why people play Overwatch, but also the people that play Overwatch can't quite articulate it either. I think that is like yeah. at the central conflict of why this rollout feels so weird to everyone. Um, yes they were they definitely benefited from well i mean i shouldn't say benefited they were you know a not the first but probably the first biggest hero shooter that i played yeah they you know right like what was a hero shoot like you you were either a first person shooter or what you were a mech shooter like yeah um, having like MOBA style skills and an ultimate ability was cool. And it had that Blizzard art and yeah. it had that first trailer that I still remember. Yeah. And just like, it had that kind of almost Pixar vibe yeah. to it. Yeah. And it just like drew everyone in. Everyone played Overwatch. Yeah. Like everyone has played Overwatch. Yes. It was massive. Yep. And then it just kind of didn't, really do anything to shake things up Mm -hmm. it and they were okay with that or it was fine and still there were enough people playing it but they never really felt compelled to like i don't know they like instituted the like roll lock you know where you have to go two 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 because a meta evolved where every team was picking three tanks and three supports yeah just brawling with each other um it was yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it's weird stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what to expect with with Overwatch. I, even after they show me what to expect, I'm kind of like, I just don't, I still don't get the vibe. And you're exactly right. If you don't have an elevator pitch, I can condense into one sentence or maybe even two. Um, your game's probably too complicated uh, in some yeah. in some regard. So if you can't like flat out definitively say yes or no to is this a new video game, <laughs> you yeah. maybe need to rethink your rollout process. I know, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Um okay, I think before we wrap, I do I do have one question. I want you to to yeah. to to really to put on your like mentor cap here. Because I have a question mm. for you. 
You okay. you joined GB as an intern back in like 2011 or something like that, right? Yes. That's a long fucking time ago, first of all. Damn. Yes. Um, It was when I first moved to San Francisco from Sonoma County. I, I hate this phrase, but I think it's the only phrase that actually works. Like, do you have advice for a young person joining a personality-driven outlet? Um, you know, I would say stick with it, go with your gut early on, but like be ready to change. I mean, you know, you're getting hired for a reason. Yeah. And you gotta like believe in that. Yeah. And, but also be willing to, to, you know, bend, bend, move with the flow. Yeah. Bend, but not break. That sort of stuff, like to try try to just like, I don't know. So I feel like somebody in that position would be somebody like me who was like doing a podcast with friends and like really plugged into like a bunch of podcasts sure. and stuff, right. right? Like odds are you're not going from zero to 60 on that. Yeah. And, or you've done it like professionally and you've guested on some really fun podcasts. Like just try and treat it like that try not to treat it like a job mm, um, mm-hmm. you know yeah. make it's good it's good to be friends with the people you're doing a podcast with yeah and just like yeah chat it out yeah for sure uh i've i've generally admired how upfront you've been about like burnout and kind of being on all the time and I, i've had folks come to me that, that either still work with us or used to that have kind of wondered out loud about like getting out of games media. And there's this instinct I have as just like someone at the top that like sees talent and really likes, you know, their voice and thinks it's important that wants to somehow convince them to stay in. But like, I've also just started to be like, listen, like you don't have to do this shit forever. Like you really don't. Um, That's, that's really that's what it really comes down to. Yeah, I think is is figuring out that some people will say yes. Some people will yes. say yes. I'm going to do this forever. Right. But and I, it was what they were born to do. Like how competitive Overwatch players were born <laughs> right, to play Overwatch for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah. No, I I just think it's it's important to I don't know to like be honest about like you know you you're not stuck doing one thing forever. Like you really. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I think this is, I don't know, this is something that, like, I see young folks get yeah. get really bogged down in, not even just young folks, but, like, a lot of folks in this industry get bogged down with that stuff, and I don't know, I think it's, like, it's totally cool to, like, to fucking dip. I feel like it's cool to dip. I don't know. It's cool to dip. It's cool to dip. If you dip, you'll probably miss it. I miss sure. it a little bit. Yeah. But, like, you know, you Quarantine was a good time for a lot of folks to do a lot of self-reflections and kind of like make some major life choices. For sure. You know, sometimes that's, that's what it, that's that's what what you gotta do. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I do, I do like doing podcasts. Yeah. I do like, for sure. Like talking about video games with cool people, but like, yeah, you know, yeah, that was, I'm 31, baby. I gotta like, I gotta be a a 31 year old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta do 31 year old shit. I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. Um, all right. Well, this would be the point of the conversation where I usually ask where folks can find you online. You can say as much or as little as you want about yeah, that. <laughs> connect with me on LinkedIn. Linked 
in.com slash in slash pack ben pack same as my twitter oh yeah uh hit me up let's go let's let's talk business i'm gonna send you some in in mail linkedin mail (laughs) oh my god i love how deranged the (laughs) autofill linkedin messages are yeah they just like the they auto generate the strangest messages that don't have any content it is it's to each other it is some fucking gremlin mode shit on on linkedin <laughs> it is weird yeah uh, linkedin is the most cursed social media site by, by far no, okay maybe right behind next door but oh like, okay sure <laughs> as someone that's never ever checked on next door like personally i always forget about it but yeah when i see shit about next door i'm like oh my god yeah it's just yeah cop shit but um, yeah linkedin's amazing but linkedin is deranged and everyone who posts on linkedin is a psycho and come and interact <laughs> with my posts. <laughs> yes yes go, go find ben on linkedin um ben thanks for hanging out i appreciate it yeah <laughs> i appreciate you <laughs> At Thanks for the Knowledge, I always try to prepare everyone for the week ahead in the world of games and entertainment. This week is no different. I want to remind folks that a brand new game that was announced between last week's episode and this week's episode that's out already, uh, at least for a limited time on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, is Space Jam A New Legacy The Game, which is a beat-em-up. It's on Xbox One for a limited time. It will launch in full uh, on the 15th for PC and Xbox One. So remember that. It looks pretty interesting. I think you can play as Bugs, Lola, and of course LeBron James. Uh, Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights is a PS5 and PS4 game launching on July 6th. Uh, Playtale Innocence is getting a remaster for uh, uh, or an upgrade, I should say, uh, on PS5, Xbox S, and X, and Nintendo Switch on July 6th. Watchdogs, uh, Watchdog, oh my gosh, Watchdogs Legion. Actually, that's harder to say than I realized. Uh, Watchdogs Legion Bloodline DLC uh, that comes out on PC, PS5, Xbox S, and X, PS4, and Xbox One on July 6th. Uh, the big Steel Rain update for Fallout 76 comes to PC, PS4, and Xbox One on July 7th. Out of Line comes to Switch on July 7th. Sam and Max, this time it's Virtual, which is a VR game for PC, uh, launches on July 8th. Black Skylands is a a PC game coming on July 9th. Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, that's a big one. Expect some coverage on fanpy.com this week. On PC and Switch, that launches on July 9th. And uh, that's really going to wrap it up until... uh, until the 13th, there's some stuff there, but we, we'll, we'll get you covered next week. Uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, don't forget that uh, the Skyward Sword HD uh, for Switch is coming to uh, that console on July 16th, so get ready for that. Uh, remember, if you want to do fast travel, it's tied to an amiibo. Hey, uh, there are a few games that don't have a, a date yet, but are supposed to come out in July, including Tour de France 2021. Tetris Effect Connected uh, is supposed to have an update for PC and PS4. Last Stop and also Little Devil Inside are two PC and console games that have yet to have a release date announced, but are supposed to be out in July. Uh, for uh, the website, hey, we have a lot going on. We have like 10 podcasts. You should go check out all of those, especially you love to see it. It's our movie watch podcast. Uh, they just covered Fast 9. 
or or F9 is it called F9 the fast the furious saga i think that's what it's officially called anyway they just did that one it was a great episode uh the rest of july is focused on heists so it's our unofficial official you love to steal it july which is a lot of fun uh yeah so there's a lot going on uh 99 potions is our rpg podcast uh we just had our news quest episode last week tackling some important updates in the world of rpgs uh this week we will have a banger of an episode no doubt uh we've uh let's see what else we got quarter three i'm really biased because i'm on that show it's a basketball podcast it's on every friday afternoon right now it is amazing because we have one of the more memorable playoffs in the NBA that I can remember. A lot of activity, a lot of injuries, which is unfortunate, but a lot of different uh, storylines intertwining. A lot of good teams, a lot of good basketball. Uh, Khalif and Nikki and I have a blast every single week on that show. Um, so yeah, that's what you can expect this coming week, and uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see you online. That's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Ben Pack, for stopping by, having a lovely conversation. If you want to find Ben, you can do so over at LinkedIn for his request. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at FloppyAdult. If you want to find Paul, my wonderful producer, you can do so over at PaulyMayo. If you want to follow FanBite, you can at FanBite Media. Uh, all of our podcasts can be found at podcastnet.work. And you know what? Until next week, you're welcome. Thank you.